Thank you for tuning in to the Drum Corps Podcast. My name is David Keller. We sadly had some audio issues at the top of this episode. Some things did not get recorded, like the beginning of the podcast. Uh, we're going to be tuning in about halfway through John talking about his marching resume, where he's marched, where he's taught. Uh, we hope you enjoy the episode. This is John Malloy and the episode we nominated him for the Cadets Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, no, mini core thing with the Sunrises, I should say, after the Cadets tour in 2002. And then 2003, um, I managed to do two finals nights performances, one with uh, DCI with the Cadets and the other uh, with, uh, with Sunrisers in, in 03 as well. We had a rather small uh, group, but we, uh, we went out and, and made a good showing. Uh, anyway, then, you know, then I did some more stuff with the Sunrisers in 04. Uh, 2005 was, uh, started with the Sunrisers. I ended up with the Santa Clara Vanguard and then ended up with the Caballeros. So, uh, that was wild. Vanguard, of course, I was aged out by that point. So I was just teaching, um, the, uh, not the Sopranos, but the trumpets. Um, 06, I was with the Cabs. 07, I told you what happened. 08, I, uh, ended up joining the, the blue team, the, the Buccaneers for my first season with them, which was really nice. Um, Adam Freeman, uh, got me involved with them. Uh, got me in touch with uh, the great Gino Cipriani and uh, the rest is history on that. Uh, then we, uh, you know, continued on into 2009. Uh, I ended up uh, being a marching trumpet tech that year as well uh, with them. 2010, kind of in and out a little bit. Uh, I was with the Buccaneers and started teaching a little more with the cadets. 2011 was um, teaching cadets just like winter camps. 2012. I mean, this is just crazy just to even go through this whole thing, but I am actually going through it rather quickly for me. Um, those of you who know me and how long it takes for me to get through my resume, I guess, but 12, I, uh, 2012, I started, um, teaching cadets too. And that was a wild thing because, uh, you know, there, I saw a lot of things that, uh, were just really intriguing in terms of people, the horn, the horn players that year, they wanted to keep their horns up forever. Um, they didn't really know any other way to do things. And we had to actually like, um, really kind of yell at people to put the horns down, uh, because they were so enthused about being there. Um, they had a lot to learn and, and they did learn a, a whole heck of a lot that season. So, and then, but I didn't unfortunately get to do the summer with them in 2012. I did like maybe a, a few drill rehearsals with them. And then in June of that early June of that year, um, I moved to the West coast, but I came back for finals night. Uh, or finals day rehearsal, if you will. Um, I flew over from Seattle to, to Baltimore um, and was able to, to be around as a, you know, motivator, instructor, instructional presence kind of deal uh, on the field um, for the rehearsal and stuff like that on finals day, which was really, really cool. Um, 2013, I found myself, um, well, actually 12, part of 12, I was with the uh, Oregon Crusaders as well. 13 part uh, as well with the Oregon Crusaders, but then I filled the hole with the Bushwhackers. So talk about go to coast to coast uh, in one season. It was wild. So uh, 14, I was a marching brass caption head of the Bushwhackers 2015. Uh, I was with this core back here and I'm honored to say that I'm not in that picture uh, because the picture uh, is about everybody who is in that picture and wearing that awesome uniform. Um, and that's why I, I purchased that, that photo. And it means a whole heck of a lot to me. You know, when I look at that, from time to time. I actually usually have it in my hallway over here and I moved it over obviously for, for tonight. Um, 2016 ended up being the mellophone tech and uh, you know, basically doing my thing and our thing, if you will, with, uh, with, uh, with cadets too. And so ended up being the bugle soloist, the mellophone tech, assistant core director, truck driver, volunteer coordinator, you name it. It was just, I was all over the place. So trying to do whatever I could um, with the, with the team. Um, 
17, I ended up with the uh, with Fusion, which was awesome, a really great experience. I have a great video uh, from uh, finals night. Uh, I had a great staff surrounding uh, surrounding me, which was really really cool. Uh, the truth be told, you know, you know, none of this stuff uh, and any of the successes that I've had could have been done without a lot of the uh, amazing, smart, and intelligent, experienced staff members that were around me. Um, you know, for any year that I was involved with any drum corps. Eight, uh, 2018, I was back with the uh, with Fusion again. We, we had small horn lines, uh, 40, 44 brass, but we ended up coming in like third, fourth place overall in brass, which was really wild. Um, yeah, you, had some, you had some great brass lines when you were there at Fusion. It was it was fun. It was a lot of work, a lot of uh, a, a lot of work, and a lot of fun. Uh, very even balanced, uh, you know, in terms of both of those uh, those words. Uh, and it was fun work. You know, it was it was, it was really cool just kind of looking back, seeing where everything started and. And, and what we were able to accomplish as a team it was, it was amazing. Um, 19, I kind of took a step back, had some family stuff going on. Um, you know, life, just what can I say? You know, you get older, you know, not everybody's gonna live forever who's around you and stuff like that. And uh, so I had some sad things that were going on that uh, on my, on a personal basis, but I still was around and I did, I did some uh, rehearsals with uh, Fusion and uh, maybe about a handful or, or so. Uh, and then now 2020, I was supposed to be with the Bushwhackers um, as a consultant, um, but uh, and it didn't really work out because of COVID and all the stuff we're going through with the pandemic. And then I now, as, of, as we speak, I'm still involved on the brass caption head of the, uh, the New York Skyliners alumni, uh, New York Skyliners alumni, John Bugle Corps, I'm the brass caption head there. And, um, you know, we actually have a, a soprano rehearsal um, coming up. Uh, you know, and basically around uh, the beginning of April, uh, August, I should say, I'm sorry. So that's basically it. So that's actually, believe it or not, that's probably the fastest I've ever gotten through, um, you know, my, my resume there. So, so it's safe to say John Malloy might've been born on the 50 yard line with a, with a bugle pointing at the box. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. I think so. Um, although I know a lot of people who had a lot more experience uh, or a lot more talent when they first started playing the instrument, uh, I like to say that I, uh, for me, as much as maybe I'm sometimes maybe do make it look easy, none of it really came easy. None of it, still, still none of it comes easy at all for me. Um, uh, I have a very unorthodox style in terms of playing and teaching, um, but lucky, uh, luckily for me, uh, the groups that I've been uh, surrounded by, that I've been involved with, have been you know very understanding and uh, worked very well with my uh, my unorthodox unorthodox ways if you will um, oh, yeah and i think that unorthodox is what's gotten reputation you have because no like um we i've got an opportunity uh with the whole COVID stuff i've kind of reached out to some past folks i mar marched with and we mentioned that we're going to do a john below episode and everyone's just kind of like that dude so <laughs> weird i love him i miss him like <laughs> uh I've got two Malloy stories i i have to share of like how persuasive john can be uh and like just how John doesn't march his own beat. My first one is when I auditioned with the core. Um, I John was the recruiter for C2, for those that don't know. Um, basically, when there was a horn line, um, he uh, there's there a horn line spot. All of a sudden, John would go f fill it. So, like, when we decided we wanted the drum set position at the core, um, I emailed in, got stuff like that. And then I um, John called me on Friday uh, when I was in Maryland. And I remember during the call, he was just like, yeah, cool. It's going to be great. Come on up. I'm like, all right, 24, is that going to be okay? He went, no, yeah, it's not going to be, it's not going to be an issue at all. Uh, you can come march with the core. It's going to be great. Yada, yada, yada. But then like all of a sudden halfway through, it's like, yeah, why don't you just like bring your drum set? It'll help us really know you're interested. I'm like, 
not going to bring my drum set to an audition. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> um, thankfully, there was one provided. Um, but I was like, that's just the kind of person John is. He's just like, yo, if you want to make it, here's how you go all the way. The other time is um, I live in Maryland uh, when I was marching uh, for those two summers. I'm down in Virginia now. But um, the it was late June because we were at Delran, uh, Delran High School in Clifton, New Jersey. And I'm blanking on her name right now. It was a tuba player. Uh, she was in South Carolina. And John just like found me and went, hey, you live near the airport. Uh, can you drive into Washington, D.C. at 5 o'clock? You can definitely get to East Shippensburg University in Pennsylvania on time. And I'm like, I don't know, man. And John went, you can do it. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So Genevieve, Genevieve was her name. Yeah, that's right. It was Genevieve. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I missed rehearsal that night because Genevieve had some flight issues and then traffic in DC was just traffic in DC. But John's just the kind of guy that like, you, you make eye contact with him and you get asked to do things that you never even realized you could do. And that's just, the kind of person, the impact you've had on me, where it's just, again, I live 45 minutes from DC. I have to drive through both beltways to go see my parents. And I'm like, eh, traffic's not that bad at five o'clock on a Friday in the middle of July in DC. Like, so I just, I love John. And I know Cyrus, uh, you said like you had some light teaching. You had some, he was there for like a weekend or two at Bucks. I believe the first, um, so when I joined c2 in 2012 i came in late uh i think it was the last week john was there before he moved out west to, to go teach with uh, oregon crusaders and i think that was our first interaction i remember you were um uh playing two trumpets at the same time <laughs> of course of course yeah that yep those two two embouchures <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I guess we'll get right into it. Um, one of the first things I have here, it's like, so again, so we can kind of like step back and realize what John actually said about himself. He was an admin. He was a mellophone tech. He was the recruiter. He drove buses and he was also soloist in our show. So like, how the heck did you get all that stuff? Because like, that is not just a like... <laughs> You don't, you don't like walk into those roles. And I also don't think you even like ask for those roles. So like, how did you become 9 million things at once? Wow. Uh, that is a, uh, a loaded question. I, I think it's just because, um, and we had, we did have a couple of talks leading up to this moment in the past uh, few days, a couple week, a week or so, a few days, uh, just sort of chatting. And, and it, it kind of just dawned on me that, uh, you know, at that time, uh, I was just so kind of in love with the activity. And I guess I still am now, um, I guess. Yeah, of course, I'm always going to love the activity. Um, but there was just so many, so many questions and so many people who were eager to, to do things and to make things happen and, and so many things that had to happen in order to do what we wanted to do at a high level. And a lot of people, you know, may or may not think that things were easy for us because we had money from, you know, youth education and the arts and, uh, U.S. bands and all this stuff, and it's a lot, it's very easy for people to assume how things are in one organization. Uh, but as coming from somebody who's been through a lot of the different organizations uh, in, in terms of DCI and DCA, um, you know, I, I, got, I really got a glimpse of of what it took to be successful within each uh, organization. So uh, it's it's very it's an intriguing thing, and I bring all that up because, well, okay, so you're there. 
And then you find out, hey, uh, you know, we don't have anybody to drive the RV. I never drove a bus, but RVs and, and box trucks were the, were the things. And okay, well, you know, I guess I got to be there anyway, you know, so I, I'm going to yeah. be the telephone. So sure, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll drive the box truck or, or, or I'll drive the RV or, or whatever, you know, or, or I'll tow the, the, the gator or whatever, you know, whatever we had to do. And a lot of it was just kind of just like figuring things out. And of course, in drum corps, how many times have all of us, you know, oh, just figure it out. Okay. I, oh, I can't make that dot. It's like, you know, the, the spacing and the, 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 the step size is too big. Well, I'll just figure it out, you know, and, and everybody at some point, every teacher is guilty of saying, okay, just figure it out. Or, or every member is, uh, you know, guilty of either being told that or, or having said that, just figure it out. And that's kind of like what it was. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes maybe there wasn't as uh, many people around at in a particular place or situation uh, in order to, to really do it right, uh, or to do it with ease. And that's where the people who were there myself and, and the admin and, and the, uh, uh, the volunteers and even members at that it's at some points and, and even staff members who volunteered to drive, uh, here and there, you know, a truck or two, even down to Urbana and stuff like that, you know, uh, Ken Correlation, the baritone tech, he, you know, he has no business driving, uh, you know, any kind of truck or vehicle for the group, but he said, Hey, we're short. Of course, I asked him very nicely <laughs> and he said yes. Uh, and, you know, but we, the thing is, once you're in that mode, you could, you can have two options. You could say, oh man, I got to drive this truck. Oh God, you know, I got to do this. I got to do that. But, or you can just do it all with a smile or, yeah. you, you know, and you could do it all with, with a sense of enthusiasm and a sense of, Hey, this is a really important thing that has to happen for all these different people to be successful. And you kind of just jump in and, and you just go. And that was kind of the culture of, of what, for one reason or another, um, of what we were, we were doing. I had a lot of support too, from, uh, my girlfriend at the time and now my, my fiance, Brittany and your dog um, and, your and dog. my dog mellow. Yes, of course. And, uh, who I named after, uh, a mellophone. So we didn't know what we were going to call her. So we decided uh, mellophone. I was a mellophone tech. Um, and I always like to joke around and say on her birth certificate, it says mellophone and we actually just call her mellow, but it's been mellow M E L L O the entire time. And, uh, you know, we were, we were enthused about, about what we were doing as a family, a little family that we have. And, um, in terms of Brittany, myself and our pets and stuff. And, you know, we moved out to Allentown and, and we got a place there. We were living in a bedroom then we were living in like a bad area of town. And then we ended up getting a, a, a better location and an apartment where we could walk to work every day. She did stuff, everything from volunteers to, you know, help with like marketing and merchandise and different stuff and running sous vide booths and everything for the group. So, we, we did it together, which was cool. And, uh, we supported each other and, you know, it's just, you just through the course of time, there's just different things that have to happen for the group to be successful. And, you know, I was just kind of the guy that I was just like, I just didn't really say no. <laughs> I just kept yeah. saying, let's do it. And I think even like Cyrus would like back this up of like part of the reason that like, I love, we've had a couple, we've had Sophia, uh, it was a front of summer from Bucks come on. Like we've watched a couple shows of Cyrus over from Buck stuff. And something I see like why I love DCA is like we have that culture of like I'm only here because I really like band mm -hmm. uh, drum. I feel like sometimes drum corps people like DCI they'll do DCI because like it's expected. It's like oh I want to be a band director. I want to I want to be good at my craft. I like marching drums. So, like I'm gonna go do DCI. Right. I'm gonna feel like DCA is for those people, especially like. Um, I know like Cyrus now and Cyrus is younger than me. But, like when I was 24, 25, and you were like. 80 whenever when you marched um <laughs> now it's all with seth though i will say that but like even like when you were marching and stuff it's just like 
we're we're here with this core because we really freaking want to be yeah um and so why would we do anything other than just give our best and our all and i really think uh you did a very good job with the admin um of just that like i don't know in the christian circles we call it like a childlike faith and excitement of just like if there was something to do john was the kind of person i think we'd all verify that in the chat of just like if we had to hype something we would like they would give it to john and all of a sudden we saw john come over just like bounding and hopping <laughs> and um i think a perfect example of that of like that enthusiasm just changing the whole core was uh and yes we will talk rough topics eventually was the week after dci finals in 2016 yeah uh when colin mcnutt and uh gino announced that they were leaving the cadets and a lot of folks um we don't know cadets too is a feeder core um through cadets at the time um we folded so rip c2 we'll be back if whenever drum corps comes back but whenever drum corps comes back but um a lot of folks uh had either been trying to play in a geno horn line for a while or going after a column in the battery because they had been all that they've heard for a while um a lot of our staff was from those horn lines um and march for them you know and then ian moyer left as well and so it was just a very like we it was our first weekend back we're all like ah, what's this gonna be how are we gonna do this like is the it's like is what is like are the cadets gonna fold because all these staff are gonna, whatever and then like we have our day meeting at daniel boone high school and john just rolls up and we I, I won't say the exact speech uh because we are family friendly but all of a sudden john just starts shouting we're going to cut out the bull crap. And he literally went, I don't care if Gino's not here. I don't care if Colin's not here. I don't care if Ian's not here. I don't care if like, like the whole core just leaves. All I know is cadets two is here right now. And we're going to do the best we can. And we're going to go make this, we're going to go make this organization proud. Um, and yeah. that as a member, I remember walking into that weekend, just kind of like, all right. I'm not sure if I'm feeling it. I'm kind of here for the drama. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then John started talking. And I went, all right, we got, we got four weeks left. We're within reach of the Buccaneers. And they had a fantastic show that year. Of course. Um, and so John very basically just like lit a match under all of our butts and just, and he kind of rid that. So like, how do you, was it someone that like taught you that optimism or is that just something you always have? Because again, like, or was it something that someone taught you as a tool because I don't know. You just kind of became the motivational speech guy in 2016. Like Corey Moore and Andrew German always liked hearing from them. Dave Dumas and Matt Wyckoff always like made me laugh and made me be serious about it. But like whenever you got on there, like I would, I felt like I could run through a brick wall whenever you open your mouth. And like, so how do you, how did you, how do you get that as an educator and like figure out how to have those kind of conversations with us? Oh man. I, you know, it got to a point where I started realizing that I did have, uh, that, that kind of ability to, uh, to pull things out of people in terms of, uh, you know, their, their attitudes and their, their, their work ethic and things like that. I I've always been, you know, if you, if you ever have gone through a whole season where I've been your tech, like a lot of the mellophone players in, in cadets 2016 will know this. And, the the uh the probably maybe even dating back to 05 when i was with uh, the the trumpets of the the santa clara vanguard and certainly at the the bushwhackers and even you know all the, whatever all these different groups especially if i have like just a section for an entire season i think that you, you've probably heard me say look number one i'm gonna learn 
more from you than you will from me. And that's always the way I've, I've looked at it. And I don't know where, like, I, I got these things. I mean, I guess I do know where because I had so many amazing instructors in my life. Uh, you know, Rich Gillen was my band director in 1996 and my brass caption head at the Sunrisers. A guy named Bob Relier back with the Sunrisers. Uh, you know, Dan McGrogan, a guy who I taught bucks with, but he was my marching trumpet tech in 2000. Uh, and, you know, and then beyond the drum corps thing, you know, uh, just the stuff I was able to learn in college from Don Batchelder and uh, Dr. Marion Craig and Jeff Kunkel and or Dr. Jeff Kunkel, I should say, I should say. And, you know, the, the list just is like a phenomenal list of people that I've been uh, honored to be able to study by, with them, to, to work with them, to, to be a teacher with them, uh, to, to, to study under them. And, and that's something that, you know, I would always say, hey, I'm going to learn more from you than you will from me. And people never really believed that, but I tried to really sell it because I knew it was true. At the end of the day, I knew I was going to learn more from everybody who was in front of me that I was teaching than they were going to learn from me. All right. That was one thing. And the other thing was, I would always say, look, I'm not telling you anything uh, that you're not already capable of doing. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, and it's sometimes obviously, and there's little things I had to teach people that were brand new, but you know, especially when you get to like the second half of the season and, you know, you have the same people there that have been there since the beginning for the most part, and, you know, 80, 90% of the people are the same that, that started in the winter camps and stuff like that. So now you're in July and, you know, you're not really filling that many holes or what have you, or at least those two years were or whatever. Um, you know, you have the same kind of core, no pun intended core group of people in front of you. And you get to a point where it's just like, you know, you're, you're just banging out the cobwebs on a Friday night. Um, and then, you know, and then you get that good sleep Friday night. And then all of a sudden Saturday, it's just like go time. You know, we got a show tonight. It's the hype of the show, you know, and then the next day, you know, okay, show's over, but what, you know, what, what are we going to do? And I remember some of those, some of those run-throughs we had at C2 in 2016 on a Sunday when it was way hotter at Daniel Boone oh, yeah. were better than any show we ever did. Uh, which was wild. It was really, really wild. But, you know, and that was the second point really. Well, number one, I'm going to learn more from you than you will from me in terms of if I'm going to be your teacher, that's what's going to end up happening, right? And number two, I'm not pulling anything from July onwards. I'm not pulling anything out of you that you weren't already capable of. You know, you're just, I'm just allowing you to make that choice to do it. Um, and, and, and people just started to sort of, over the course of time, gravitate to that because they're so... You know, look, people a lot of times are have been taught by instructors who are like so in your face and so intense and and just, ah, you know, just like do it again and rah, 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 you know, all this stuff. And that's fine. You know, and there's a lot of great yeah. instructors out there. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I was always the one where I didn't really want to like yell. And if I did, it was it was more of like a like an intense positive yell it's really hard to describe but people yeah it's, you, you would know if, if you're very aggressively talking. positive like yeah. I, can, I can tell i remember a few times that like you know kids are kids and it's like we're doing some stuff and they definitely they definitely tick some things and um and as i was i as a drum set player i was i heard everything so i heard it too and then like you would just go back around but like it was always just very positive i just that's something yeah. i've always just like associated if you like whenever i think you like you never and i were never like you're never technically like teaching me. We're more like technically like I guess like section mates in a way since you were standing in the front ensemble. <laughs> right. But like exactly. so you and I kind of had an odd bond if we just like sat and stood next to each other. But uh I'm gonna go on some more talking points. Uh and I guess we'll call Cyrus in for this one because um 
I got Clifton in my notes, and Clifton in 2016 was just a wild. I know that was a big turning point for us, but like Cyrus, what was uh what was what was what was going on in Buccaneers land when it started raining in 2016? Because that was like a really out of nowhere. Like we packed the bus in like 10 minutes. Really impressive. Uh at least for us. Uh you guys hadn't gone. Wait, you guys didn't go on that night, did you? No, they didn't get a chance. We were supposed to go on literally right after uh you guys did oh, okay uh and larry what was going on was uh after you guys uh marched off the field uh we were told to just uh like stand by like at the back of the field and i think uh it was like the siren or weather alert system that the, that yeah, was yeah, yeah, the yeah. stadium that went off yeah and we were just like uh, and we were all just looking at each other like i think there's gonna be a storm and yeah we're, and then out of nowhere, we were just all told, all right, everyone just calmly but quickly uh, go to uh, the front and inside the stadium. And, yeah, that, that was that. The show had to be canceled after that. Yeah, I remember that as – I remember that siren. They waited for us to be done. Um, I was, like, locked in performance. But that was actually one of our better finals, uh, our better closer days. Because um, our closers – oh, hey, what's up, Gareth? Um, our closers were always a bit rough. We're talking Clifton right now and the siren that went off. And so, like, I'm playing. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I, that's odd. And all I could think of is like, oh, crap, we got a timing penalty. So, like, I just, I thought that's how they portrayed timing penalties in DCA. And I was like, I got to get my crap off the field. So, I, like, basically gave myself a hernia. Uh, just running off, but like, huh? What was it? So I guess like, what was it like in the staff side of things, John? Because where and like, where were you when it was raining? Because I ended up in a box truck with Armand Taylor and Tim Golden, and we oh, just wow. chilled. Because like Tim and I walked under the bus. Uh, he was my bus buddy at the time, and I looked. We looked around and just went, "No, uh, we ain't sitting in this." And so we just crawled in the box truck sitting next to it. So like, where was staff throughout all of that stuff? Well, uh, I, I don't really know where much of the staff was, but I definitely remember that antenna or that big tower like thing that was just like making that very loud noise um, and wondering, you know, we still got to do the closer and, you know, get this thing, you know, uh, off the field, if you will. And, and then we got a load and, and it was it was wild. So um, but we I remember somehow I, I a lot of times I would stay in uniform and I did this everywhere where I, you know, March dating all the way back to when, you know, when I first started, I would just stay in uniform and people would just look at me like, dude, get out of uniform. Like, I'm like, no, like I feel comfortable like where I am. Even when like I, I go to work, uh, I'll stay. If I have to wear a suit to work, I haven't had to do that in a while because of the pandemic, but I'll stay in my suit like all the way home. And then like two hours later, I'll be sitting home watching TV. I'm still in my suit, you know? And it's like, get out of your suit. Like, what are you doing? Just relax. You know, I'm like, well, I am relaxed. This is this is fine. So, you know, for me, uh, that particular day, uh, night, I remember getting out of uniform faster than usual, um, and then also uh, definitely being downpoured on while loading the the uh, one of the equipment the, the equipment trailer. Just just completely, the heavens opened up on us, and so we're just drenched like head to toe. Um, and somehow, I mean, I can't even remember who was in that, but I remember there was like six people, six of us in an RV. Uh, and we were just completely, utterly just drenched. All of our clothes were just completely drenched, you know, taking off our shirt, just wringing it out. 
Um, and that's where I spent my time. I mean, I, I, you know, that night was, uh, that was just another wild night, you know, because, uh, just another, you know, and, and for me, even though a lot of people would look at it like, Oh, well, you know, I worked at the office at YA. Well, for me, it was just like, I'm wringing out my shirt. I'm on the RV. We just got done with the show. You know, we did the fastest, you know, pack and load ever. And nobody knows what's going on. It's pouring rain. And, uh, and you're, and it's just like, well, just another day at the office. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, it's just like this, all right, here we are, you know, we still got to figure out where we're going to sleep tonight. And then, you know, we got to get up and rehearse. Yeah. I and remember that was just it. You know, you just kind of went and went with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking back on that now. Like I, I remember like all the dumb stuff I did when it rained, uh, the C2 pit, we loaded the trailer in like, I think nine minutes or something that someone in the chat wants to verify. Like we, we hauled some tail. Oh, uh, Michaela saying she was in the RV with you. Um, Michaela Vangelo. Hi, Michaela. And um, we, uh, and it also sounds like uh, Terry Johannes was saying the siren started during your show. Those of us in the stand didn't know what it was and thought someone was being rude, which at Clifton, oh, of course. not to not Clifton, but that sounds like someone brings their own sirens to a DCA show. But like, I remember we loaded the trailer really quickly. And then Gareth, I don't know if you were on this bus, but the bus Tim and I got on, which had like most of the guard and like half the brass line. I accidentally stole the C2 guards box of chewy granola bars. Oh no. And just like, I was like <laughs> on the sidewalk long. when I was ringing and then I picked it up and just like was eating some of it. Cause I'm like, it's pouring. I'm like, this isn't getting protected. And I like, got in the bus and I was like, where's food. So I just start chucking food at people. And then me and Tim were like, let's go somewhere where it's not a million degrees. And then I oh, sat and yeah. I was telling, I was like handed Taylor granola bars. She went like, where'd you get that? I went, Oh, I found them in the sidewalk. She went, that's kind of ours. I went, it was trampled and rained on. I, if anything, I saved it. Right. So I don't know. What was it like on the field? Because like, as a brass person, did you hear the siren going on beforehand? Cause I didn't hear anything. I remember hearing it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I've also always been taught too that if, if at any point you are focusing as just strictly as a player and, you know, really that's kind of the only thing I was responsible for. I didn't really have to do any visual stuff. Although, I was a little bit, you know, dancing around and making some pulses here and there. Just bobbing we're about to talk. We're about to talk about your pulses. I mean, yeah, is that yeah? So, but uh, you know, but my main thing, the main thing, of course, for me when I was out there uh, was was for me to uh, to entertain, and then of course to be able to make sure that I could whatever it took be able to play those notes that I needed to play. Um, because you know, overall it wasn't that many notes that I was playing, but the notes I was playing, um, you know, they were pretty epic. Like they was, it was just like, everyone's going to know if I miss, if I miss any of this, uh, I mean, they're going to, I'm sitting there laying out enjoying the show for a while where everybody's running around behind me. But then when I had to pick up my horn and go, it had to be there, it, you know, it, it, it needed to be there. Not you had to be there, but the, yeah. you know, the performance uh, aspect of it just had to be there. So, you know, I, I kind of heard, you know, I'm, kind of getting ready and prepping and when i would prep for like a high note i'm playing like a double high a you know i'm playing that note but i not even working my way up to it like i did just now but like just right on it like just coming in like you're you're sitting there like dancing around you know hanging out listening it's sometimes i would enjoy the show behind me and i would sometimes get lost but like oh i got two seconds i gotta put pick up my horn and play but that was a cool thing. And I know that's not part of your question. This is classic John Malloy, but it was just cool to kind of sometimes get lost in what ended up being 
uh, a sea of stellar performers behind me uh, and just enjoy. And I'm getting a little getting chills just talking about it because it's like, just, well, we were good. You know, we were good that year. Yeah, we were, of course. You, you we were know, good that year. Even throughout the season, there was moments, you know, we weren't, we weren't very good in Peckville. That was a bad show. Um, but maybe Hey, we got second. Hey, what well, I mean, you know, look, but uh, we pissed off the world, but we got second place. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, I like to say in second place with a score of not quite enough, you know, yeah. But um, but the thing is, is I, I've, I've always to kind of get to the main point of all that is my teachers in college would say, look, when you're playing and you're in that mode and you're thinking of anything else besides the performance, that means you're going to be a step down below anybody else who's constantly only thinking about 100 percent to that performance, you know, yeah. while you're performing. So I really just tried to keep my focus and keep my uh, attention because, you know. I've never been tested for any kind of OCD, you know, ADHD, ADD, or anything like that. I probably have it all. <laughs> I'm just going to tell the world right now. Maybe, maybe There's 10,000 people watching right now. But I never, you know, I just kind of roll with it. I just do yeah. what I do and know, know myself, know my body, know my playing well enough to where if I hear that siren, which I did, and it was like, rat, 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 rat. It was like, what is that? And then I'm like, wait a minute, I got to play a double high A in like, couple bars i better make sure i can focus and make this happen because <laughs> that doesn't matter right because the show's yeah. not stopping you know but, like we're, we're oh, not yeah. going to stop <laughs> so we just the show must go on at that point you know i know if there's the one last thing i want to talk about in clifton just because I, I don't think it's something that the rest of the core knows we got a bunch of people in the chat watching so in front ensemble we do this thing called we pulse and it's just it's a simple um there's a couple different ways to pulse east coast we kind of just and at least at sea pit we, we was a full like upper torso just kind of in and that's all it was uh it right. just meant the balance so we can communicate tempo right 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 john had never done this in his life uh and so the way that Definitely. the box would communicate with the front ensemble was uh i'm blanking on the app but there is an application that like andrew montero and matt wyckoff would have um, where they would share down with like either a day on Simp 2 or if Kristen or Scott, he tend to be down at the pit, I'm just like, hey, go address this in the front ensemble. We don't need to do this from the box. We can take care of this ourselves. And I think my favorite one we ever heard was, um, we didn't hear them say it up top, or, or I heard them say it up top because I was always listening there because I had time as a drum set. And all I heard was Corey just giggling and giggling and giggling. <laughs> And then I, I saw Kristen share something with Scott on the phone. And then they walked over to John and all I heard was, we really need to teach you how to pulse. <laughs> um, because uh, during our drum break, as we're about to watch the show in about uh, seven minutes, um, during our drum break, we had, uh, he had this samba whistle. Uh, I was like, doo, 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 and like had to do his thing. But John was like straight up just like, and I look over and he's wearing the Melophone Torque booty shorts. And he's just like, <laughs> he's just throwing his body every switch way. I, I think I actually ticked a rep that laugh so hard watching him. Just because like, I decided not to do my job. And I was just like, why is staff staring at John? But like, that's also just another great John Malloy. Uh, I might not know what to do, but I'm going to give it 115% until someone tells me what to do. But like, that yeah. was, that was, uh, I was one of my favorites. So I guess for the next like five, 10 minutes, let's just real quickly, I guess, like talk music stuff and then we'll get the show started at like two, uh, 845 because we got some clock stuff we got to keep on for other folks. Um, so like what, I guess, Gareth, what was like some of, since you just hopped in, what was some of your bigger 
more favorite moments from the show that you like, like remember a lot as we go watch or like maybe something for people to pay attention to. Hmm. Yeah, well, uh, Pat Metheny, it was uh, a lot of really great uh, just tunes to be working with. Um, and a lot of stuff that other drum corps have done. Um, so like for one thing, it was really cool just to be playing Jay Bocook, uh writing for uh, First Circle again, because he had been a part of the the Blue Nights show in 2013, and that chart was in there, um, and so it kind of felt like a uh, an interesting sort of a redo of that those moments, um, but with Cadets to Spin. Um, so I really loved all all of those moments, but uh, the grooves are are there. <laughs> the the show grooves really hard. Uh, that opener, uh, Third Wind. Um, and then all, all the cowbells on the snares, I, that was my favorite thing to march in front of and play, I think, was just the, the really groovy snare parts. Oh, Josh Galili was just like, uh, him and I weren't taught of our friends a ton that season until like next 17, but I remember it's him being like, yo, whenever cadet snare line has snares, we do very well. Cause that was like, uh, 2011, it was another year they had, that was the last time the cadets had snares cowbells so like the cowbells yeah the battery was very hype about those cowbells yeah and i'm not sure did the crossman version of uh pat Matheny have cowbells on there i'm not sure I'll i have to go check on that i know some people who would know but uh, i don't know if they're on the <laughs> call right now <laughs> or they're, they're paying attention right now yeah if uh, anyone in the comment section knows but yeah um really cool to to hear all these uh pat Matheny, um uh, things going again um, and having to um, find a way to put our own spin on it was uh, really special. Oh, yeah. It, it was AJ definitely... says, three holds in the closer. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and I guess the last thing I'll say before we get on to it. Um, so to all of my Hornline members, we played the closer at 208 on finals night because... <laughs> Because um, AJ will back me up on this. I think my favorite thing ever all season was learning what a, I believe the phrase was secret weapon or, or gear. What was, what was it called that uh, Josie would call for? I think it was secret weapon. I think at other places I marked it was secret sauce. Yeah. So we, yeah, would, we were sitting those. there and um, Around June or July, AJ can back me up on this. Um, all of a sudden, Joe C just walks back and it's like, hey, what's the closer at? 192? He just stares at the Met. We're all like, all right, let's start the rep. And he just goes, I want you all to think 200. And this presses play. And we're like, okay. And then throughout the season, we all of a sudden hear, um, all right, hey, battery, you need to fix this, this, and that. Hey, uh, add this uh, secret weapon on the, on the Met. And we're like, okay, it's going to be an odd Met rep. And then like, I'm like, nothing's happening. Come, come finals uh, late August. I don't know what happened. All I remember is hearing. Um, oh, AJ said it was called the special sauce. Special sauce. Um, yeah. All of a sudden, I just hear from the bottom. I'm gonna back up so I can hear this right. I just hear, "Hey, uh, isn't the closer supposed to be a 192?" You did what? <laughs> and I just, I just heard someone just shouts, and it's like. All right, guys, the closer might have been a little bit fast. We're going to go down to 192. I, mean, I think that was the only rep all season we actually played at 192 in full ensemble. 
because wow. it felt real fast again the very next rip after that yeah 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 I it was just to keep the energy going and really that's the biggest deal uh not to have that thing drop by uh any kind of intensity level um you know that's that's probably probably the obvious reason why why that why that happened and you know look every little thing happened for a reason it worked <laughs> we, worked. we went 16 clicks faster at finals night hey you know oh man that was as a drum set player not marching just psychic drill that was just like the show would end i'd turn around i'd see like kelly louder and kelly and katie packenham just like dying but standing there like bamps just like <sighs> and i'm just like i feel a little winded <laughs> but yeah. I can, I can attest to that too, even though I wasn't, uh, that, I would turn around and, and see that myself. Cause I mean, I, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, marching around or anything as much as I might've wanted to be, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I could definitely feel, you could feel that energy. And, uh, I think I just need to say that, uh, when it, it got, sometimes it does get to a point where sometimes it actually just is easier to go faster. And that's just oh, one yeah. of those things where the drill was so intense that uh you know that what i feel like what we did was kind of like it was just destiny for it to go that fast on that night because that's just where the group felt comfortable with it going and luckily we were able to keep it together you know and, and just let our passion and our energy take over the show all right let's get into the episode we got some folks in the chat really excited for this uh so cyrus why don't you get us all ready for that uh this is cadets 2 2016 uh the dca uh winning show the only winning show from uh the now defunct cadets to drama bugle corps good old c2 um just on yeah. a break just on a break yeah so i hope you all enjoy this oh another thing so uh i guess we'll talk more about this when we get to the ballad but bryce was saying that the uh the spread is very challenging. I that. Oh, the spread uh, in terms of uh, the field spread. Right? Yeah, we were uh, we were end zone to end zone at one point there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, here we go. You're missing my hi hat solo. Now I might just be standing there right now on the sideline, but. I felt like everything I did that entire night was a performance. I was performing every single moment, even if I was standing. Here we go, baby. John Malloy just sitting on the top. <laughs> and uh, I caught some mixed reviews on ripping the horn off my face, but that's just the way I roll. I think it fit the show. <laughs> Getting lost in the 
This, I believe. Yeah. Here comes. Comes the, uh... Yeah, high brass especially was uh, notorious for rushing that. Look at me go. Everyone look at John's ridiculousness from this box at here of the day. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> Boom. I love that. I love that Boom. jump. That's actually Brittany's favorite part of the whole show is when I jump off the box at the beginning of here of the day. Oh, these snares are fire. We also got Team Clap in the, on the pit and Team Hoopla. Team Hoopla. Hoopla. I used to have high notes on top of these little things, but it just was a little bit too obnoxious. And I had a little trouble playing it in time, so we took it out. <laughs> Bring back the six bass drums. doing Corey also shout out to Bailey in the pit she got hurt happy for the season oh, and yeah, this wanted to keep marching so they tossed her on auxiliary and she kicked so much tail I love that chick so much so this is the year that uh heat of the day won DCI and WGI open class And uh, Drumcore Europe. 
actually, I came in four beats early on that last note, and I did it at prelims by accident. I liked it so much, I just did it again on finals. <laughs> uh. So this is the uh, random non-Pat Metheny tune in this, <laughs> in this right, show. Yeah. There's friend of the show, Mariana Fernball. Oh, yeah. You can go see her talk some East Coast, West Coast color guard from last week. Kudos to the people who didn't go to DCI after this. Just the fact that they were able to to do this, you know, to be a part of it. Yeah. This time, everyone's on the same playing field at this moment. You know, it's just. Now, I think this started off with the trumpets and he switched it with the mellophones. Yeah. I think I remember getting uh, cut, cut some parts here. <laughs> now, I don't know if you noticed, but even in part of Heat of the Day, like my slow horns down that I did, I was trying to portray. Now that much I definitely took from Mary and Craig in, uh, in college. Doing the horns up and the horns down within the style of the music. It's just the little things. So for the uh, the next movement, probably my favorite thing, uh, it's me and Alex Pavic. This is the moment him and I knew we won. Oh, like, I punched him in the The two set. The two? Oh, it yeah, is a two. On the left side. That. So we're clapping. Um, wow. <laughs> and I think my... Um, uh, my favorite part of this episode, uh, this movement was like at Peckville, um, we had some guy in the cloud, in the crowd clapping with us. And it was, I just like, Alex, look, 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 like, like he's holding books and just like going nuts. There's my ride. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but this push, this push is so good. I think that was one, I, I was playing third that year and there was one note there that uh, Tanza said, can you play lead here? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's a page out of his own book. We did that to him when he was your age. Oh. Uh. I was in that, the trumpet tech in 09. 
That base feature was so hard to get locked in, but like, I'm so glad we got it fixed. Yeah, man. When Tanjos was 15, 16, we were handing him high seas. Oh, this part. Here's that double A <laughs> that I spoke of before. This part. Burn them, burn Yo, Guard was screaming and Noah Crawford was as well. All I could hear was I think like Haley and a couple of the folks just like shouting. And then this the end of the show was the cleanest we did all season. I thought Noah Crawford was a huge success story. Everyone on the field right now is just a huge success story, but Noah sticks out in my mind as one of the bigger success stories. Oh, and Makoto. Makoto on xylophone. This part, this nylon part right here. He got that part and learned it in an hour. Because we saw... Um, they said we needed something crazier. This is weird because we had a hole that night. In yeah. 09, we marched the hole and we won. And in 2016, we marched the hole and we won. So, uh, we owe it all to Eddie. All our success. Oh yeah, and AJ on one knee. Let's uh let's hop back over the Zoom call, John. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, let me bring that back up here. All right. Whoa. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> so um, we watched this show, and I'm gonna try not to cry doing this part because um, we as the cadets too don't have a ton of standing, and we also know your exit from YEA wasn't as great. And we also know our standing, whatever, we can talk about that another time. But the point being is that if there's anybody to go into the Cadets Hall of Fame, it's you. Um, for us, um, oh, come on. what we are all here to say is I have actually been in touch with the guy nominating. Everyone in this call is either has or going to nominate you uh, for Cadets Hall of Fame for this coming season. Wow. Um, we are as an organization completely in debt to what you did for us in 2016. Um, I think just by the small impact of people here, I still have people coming in. Um, I'm them as we speak uh, of just like your work ethic, your attitude. And I wow. think it goes about saying, John, that if you weren't there in 2016, we wouldn't even gotten like third place just because of your drive, your dedication. And I can think of no one that, Bleeds cadets too as much as you have, yeah. Brittany's Brittany's been aware of the. Oh the wow, have. yeah, there she is. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we love you, John. Um, I'll let Gareth say some stuff, and we'll try and throw some other words to people in here. But we have from the and from the few folks I've talked to on the board, there you are in very good standing with them, and I'm not going to say you're in, but we ha we are 
quote unquote blowing it up the uh, at uh, the admissions box to make sure everyone knows that John Malloy <laughs> is the best man for the job. So Gareth, I'll let you say some stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, David said oh. he doesn't know if we would have made it to uh, to third that year if we didn't have you, but I know myself and many others we wouldn't have, I wouldn't have made it to my first audition camp maybe without you um wow so John you've been a part of so many uh journeys uh like you were talking about all those great people that you saw on the field during that show and uh, yeah all those journeys started with uh a recruiter texting him and uh telling him to come to combine camp in November and then December camp or fill a hole um so just from from all of us that wouldn't have marched at all if, if, if it wasn't for you, just thank you for uh, kickstarting all of our journeys. I mean, that's this is that's amazing. That's really uh, wonderful words there, Gareth. And I, and I already well, you know, you know how I feel. Uh, I, I hope everybody knows how I feel. I think mean, it's just uh, I, I almost kind of felt bad pointing on anything that I did good in that show because of. Uh, the, the vehicle that, that it was that, that again, uh, not that it goes back to actually what I said before. It's, it's not something that I taught anybody. Everybody was capable of doing it. You know, it was just, you guys pulled it out of each other. We all put, we, you know, I, I look at myself more that year to be dead honest as a, as a member, just a member, you know what I mean? And, uh, and I'm honored to say I was a member, you know, a, a member, I was the 60th horn player. <laughs> There it is. Yeah, you know, I started yeah. at sixty-one. I ended up being sixty, um, and just just a, another another member of the group. And the people who came back from two thousand fifteen, and people who came back from two thousand fourteen, and I, I, you know, I'm sure there was a few people that I can't even remember. I can't even speak now. I'm just like so like overwhelmed with this. Um, but uh, you know, the people that kept coming back and showing support for the group year after year, um, me as having been there, although I wasn't there in like thirteen and fourteen. I was there when it all began in 12. I was there when, when Gino and I looked at each other and we were like, look, it's February. We have 20 horns. This isn't going to work. It's over. And all of us just kind of buckled down and started recruiting more and just started bringing people in and the course survived. And yeah. not only survived, but it flourished into something that is just in, in my eyes. And I think everybody who's on this call or everybody who's associated or saw the show, um, it's, it's legendary. <laughs> Wow, yeah. that's, that's awesome. And uh, I've just seen everybody who's on the like, I don't even know what to say. Everybody who's here. Hello, everybody. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, we had some schedules, so we were trying to get a bit more. But if, there, if anyone wants to say anything, just raise their hand and I'll unmute you. But, and I think, like, um, definitely that attitude you have, John, of just like, it's all, it's not, it's never about you. And uh, that's something I've all, I like, really tried to get from you and learn from you. And um, I just, I, I'm just, I'm so thankful for what you did. So I'm, I'm messaging a lot of people um, that are like trying to get on the call and stuff like that. I, I just, we, we're, we're completely in debt. So I guess I'll throw it up and anybody in the call want to say something first, I'll hop on down and unmute you, or I think you can unmute yourself, but, and, and we'll open it up to anybody right now as we just tell how freaking awesome John Malloy is because I, I, I can't, I, I don't know. My first season is in debt to you. And, uh, thank you. This is amazing. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what to say. Um, you know, to, just to even be nominated for something um, is, is, you know, like, 
just to get nominated. Like I got nominated for the Bugler's Hall of Fame. I didn't think I was actually going to get in. And then it happened. I'm like, what is going on? It's like crazy. So uh, it's, it's a huge honor um, for, for just to be considered and, and not even all of that. Just this, this right here is a huge honor just to be, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be, you know, we're doing the Zoom thing. And I think this is, uh, it's a great night. This is awesome. This, I, I needed something like this um, because, uh, you know, it, it hasn't been uh, the easiest four months, uh, obviously, for, obviously for everybody, but, um, you know, everybody kind of has to take a, a minute to self-reflect and see how they individually have handled the last four months because it's been a challenge for every single person on the planet. Um, and for me, uh, you know, even just leading up to what, what was just said uh, in terms of, you know, everything up to the watching the show, that's something that I needed. I needed this night in, in my life, win, lose, or draw. <laughs> I like to say that a lot, win, lose, or draw. And I would hope that if we didn't win the world championship that night, that we'd still be on this call, still remembering how awesome it was to be doing what we did, uh, regardless of what any, any judge said. So I think that's, that's an important thing that I have to say. All right, Wes, I'm going to go toss it to you real quick, okay? Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, I'm on vacation right now, but uh, hey. I wanted to have you on the call for old time's sake. Um, just a few memories. One of the memories that I'll always have is um, you would give me rides to camps. Uh, <laughs> hop in the box truck with you. Yep. Then I put all my stuff in the back to help out at the office a little bit. Um, and then we'd be on our way. And we'd always be listening to the radio. You might play along. But I remember you'd always whip out your bugle or your trumpet. And we'd be doing like 50 because the box truck couldn't pull it that much. And you'd just go <laughs> over in the driver's seat like, I'm like over there screaming on the highway yep there's uh, a yeah there's a way to try to learn with no pressure right <laughs> yeah, yeah but i learned that uh wes uh i you know a, a gentleman who's on this uh video call right now chris healy used to drive me to uh sunrise rehearsals back in 1999 so i just had to pay it back i had to pay it forward you know so yeah all right trey we're gonna go to you next sweet what's up john and everybody i'll keep it pretty quick Essentially, so John helped convince me back in 2015 to join to fill a hole in the baseline, and that ended up being my first and last summer in drum corps, and it was definitely one of the best summers of my whole life, not just as far as being able to develop as a musician with the staff and everybody, but just being able to become a little more outgoing and get to know all the guys on the line and everything. And yeah. just the whole season, I could always come into the camp no matter – the rehearsal weekend or whatever, no matter what was going on during the week, I knew that John was going to bring good vibes, even if I came in with bad ones. So thanks for that. And like I said, uh, there's nobody more deserving than you. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. Thanks. Uh, Bo, we're going to go to you next. And again, if anyone wants to say anything, just press the raise hand button. Don Herbert Molloy. How are you? I'm doing good, Bo Superman Park. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, you and I, you know, talk every so often and uh, we always catch up well. So for this is more for everyone else to listen to, but I do want you to uh, kind of understand why I'm saying this. Um, being able to teach someone to be passionate about something when they're really tired, when they're, you know, when we're out on the football field at 110 degrees, that's a very hard thing to do, John. And, you know, uh, someone who 
you know, you know, you, I followed you from 2012 all the way until uh, last competitive drum course did in what, 2018 or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I have never met one person that is able to teach kids, adults, whatever, older than you, younger than you, or same age, age as you, to be passionate about something at the worst, uh, one of their worst possible times in their life, which is probably getting yelled at by a staff member. The, or something or something's blowing up or something's like happening in their personal life but you right. are able to bring the best out of people because you yourself lead by that example you know i i don't think i've ever heard you say you need to do this because blah it's you show that you show that it's possible to all, all, all these people i remember um not in cadets but in a different drum corps when um you know you're, you're helping out the trumpet section when i was a trumpet tech uh, one of those moments, 17, when I when we got flipped there, um, you just inspired that entire group, you know, that those entire 14 trumpet kids were, were like there because of you. And uh, I do want everyone here to uh, realize, I think they already do, and that's why we're all here, but it's because you lead by a positive example, positive energy, and you inspire us to be better. And you just allow us to be really passionate about something uh me personally you know i kind of had a falling out with drum corps you you know this uh, you and i talk about this a little bit ad nauseum right. but you're also the one that always can bring me back in and like to have somebody like that to have a friend who can reignite your passion your drive your energy for something i think that's um you know i think you're the one friend i have that can really do that in, in my musical world so john just thank you for being you and um and uh, I want to thank whoever organized this whole thing for um, David and uh, Gareth, I think, right? Gareth was and Cyrus, Cyrus as well. Cyrus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And Cyrus, <laughs> Cyrus, oh my God. We'll, we'll catch up later. But, um, <laughs> thank you for being you. It's all good things. But uh, thank you for being you. And all the people I have met through you are all positive influences in my life because you yourself, I, I believe, is a cornerstone, it's a key piece of that positivity that positive energy for everybody. So John, thank you so much, man. Oh, thank you. I mean, uh, I, I do have to uh, piggyback that comment there, Bo, because uh, there was a time where there was a person in drum corps who stood up in front of the whole group and said, we can't teach you passion, you know? And, and, and I remember hearing that and I'm like, wait a minute, like, aren't we all paying attention right now? this person like nobody's speaking everybody's not nobody's you know distracted anything like that at that moment that person was teaching passion you know like right now if i'm talking to all of you and you're all engaged in the conversation that's that's a passionate experience that's like you wanting to be a part of something more than you know more than anything else and uh so that that's kind of the way i i, I always approached it um you know again the, the whole learning more from my students than they, they learn from me and just yes passion is a teachable thing and uh and you just ha kind of have to live it um in order to to convey it appropriately but like man it's just to have the people that were willing to accept that type of uh those types of lessons if you will you know it's it's uh it's priceless it really is it's amazing so thank you for for all those comments all right emily and uh we're gonna get to your second i just we actually have been having a facebook group that's been a while around for two weeks so I'm just uh, gonna toss, I'm gonna read some comments from there. 
Uh, we got Ethan Hamilton. Uh, said John Malloy was one of the best teachers I have ever had the good fortune to learn from. Uh, Drew Wilkie says he'll nominate Torpedo in a heartbeat. <laughs> um, Bill Bush says you are the best recruiter we've ever had. Uh, Bill, Bush, yes. uh, Bill Speakerman says, as a Cadets Hall of Fame member and YEA staff member at the time, I wholeheartedly agree. In my view, John has uh, more responsible for the Cadets to success than even the instructional staff and designers for without quality performers. They were never succeeded. John devoted a good piece of his life at the time to assuring that C2 had the horses to win the race. Bravo, Malloy. Um, <laughs> wow. And then, uh, yeah, and then Evan James shared the story that I'll share with you in a bit later of like talking about you. Uh, you recruiting and stuff for, uh, when you're teaching over bushwhackers together and stuff, stuff like that, yeah, yeah. which is just, it's genre recruiting stories. We can go for hours and hours about that. So I'm going to toss to Emily. I know Zach's making something and then we'll go to Bryce and then we're going to have about five, 10 more minutes and then we'll end with board of the board of directors member Tom, and then we'll get on out of here guys. Okay. Hey, Dan, can you guys hear me? I'm like, I know it's a little noisy. Um, but I just wanted to say that, like, joining a drum corps was always, like, a dream of mine. And it was one that I never thought that I could potentially do or didn't know how to do. And then I found out about C2 and going to those first camps, your passion and your energy made me want to continue to come back. And every weekend that I was like, okay, I'm really tired. I had a really rough work week, blah, blah, blah. Then I'd be like, nah, but, like, John wants the whole horn line there at least one weekend once. Yes. And I was like, no, nah, I have to, I have to go. I have to be there because I can't be the one person who doesn't show up to not have the whole horn line. And sometimes it was that mentality that got me through that summer. And like, there were some weekends that your stoke just brought everybody up even higher than we were. But like, I didn't get the 2016 year, but like the 2015 year, I couldn't have asked for a better drum corps experience. And the lessons that I learned there, I've been able to put to every other aspect of my life. I'm in a climbing gym right now. I don't know if you can tell that's my new passion. <laughs> that's um, cool. But so many of the lessons transfer over about like perseverance and working hard. And uh, I just have to say thank you because like anytime I think of any memories from C2, it's like your face jumping up in town. And I don't think the core would exist in the way that it did without you. So I have to, my climbing partners waiting very patiently for me to <laughs> go back to climbing uh, but I just wanted to be able to say thanks and Aww. thanks for being you and thanks for being awesome so and thank you for allowing me to be part on the call so thanks to everyone awesome no thank you That's all right throwing over the Bryce hey John hey there you are. I'm looking like I'm looking where you are there you are <laughs> <laughs> so uh my story started in 2015 and actually partially because of Chris Healy, who taught me in high school, yes. who inspired me to audition for Cadets in 15, which led me to join C2 through 15 and 16, uh, and a, a lot because of you. So thanks for that, for bringing me into the activity. Uh, I had such great summers, uh, but 16 was just such a <laughs> crazy time. Um, I think back to like the day meeting where you poured a water bottle on your head to hype everyone up. Yes, yes, like, yes. What a yes. weird time. I was like, this is such a strange activity. I love this. <laughs> so many weird people. It's so great. Wow. Um, or like the time you ran sectionals for us in Clifton. And uh, I still think of keeping time with Mr. John Malloy all the time to keep me going through the day. The trumpets know all about that. Um, but yeah, it was just like such a great experience and it, it was very much due to you and thanks for everything you did for us back then and uh, going to buy a scaffolding that last couple of weekends 
so strange. Yeah. She didn't do anything to that get us good. through and and to to keep us running. Uh, such insane commitment to the activity and to the core. Uh, it was just so inspiring to see. Um, yeah, and well, like they said earlier, we couldn't have done it without you. So thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. that's awesome. I I wasn't sure who would remember that that water thing, but I mean, that was just another just crazy thing to just whatever it takes to get everyone's attention. You know, if everybody's kind of feeling down in the dumps, whatever, and like I could just write, read people's expressions and I'm like, all right, I'm going to take this bottle of water. I'm just going to dump it on my head. And they're all going to be like, what is going on? And well, it's then I'm also, start the day meeting, you know? <laughs> well, it's also like you were just very transparent with us. Uh, about to toss it over to Tom. I think one of the persons being asked, they want to talk right now. But like, I remember your like, uh, your eight minute mile finals night in 20, uh, finals day in 2016. Yes. Because like something I really enjoyed about you that I've very much done with my kids of just like utmost transparency is I have told my kids my own goals, but like outside the ensemble. Um, and like, that was one of those, I uh, won't go too much. Just, I know like, you just like, I want to lose weight. And that was like, you just kind of like, you were talking about it all season. Like you talk band, but then like uh, having, uh, giving Ethan rides every once in a while, you talk about that. It's just like, John's like pushing for it. And so I found it interesting. Cause like, I cared about my sex with like Matt, Mon Monty and Kristen and Scott and stuff like that. But like, you had a level of transparency with your members that like, we started rooting for you and like your own personal life. And that's, I can only think of a very few handful of teachers that I have like, I don't want to say like, I cared about all my teachers. I'm not like a jerk or anything, but it's just one of those, it's very hard to make us like love our teachers as much as they love us. And you made it super easy from us. Like, I just remember watching you run around and he went, some of us, I'm like, what the heck is Malloy doing? We have to <laughs> run. Why is he making the entire baritones with him? It's like, no, they're cheering him on. I'm like, all right, screw it. Let's go. We're in this together. Let's go have a great run tonight. Wow. And so, I don't know. Um, I guess before I go to Tom, uh, any last calls? If anyone wants to say anything nice to John about anything? Because uh, we do got to get going a little bit. All right. Not everybody at once. I guess we'll uh, we'll talk. We do got to get going a little bit. I guess we'll toss this over to Tom, who is currently a Cadets Board of, Direct uh, Board of Directors member. So I'll let Tom say some things as well. I, I thought this was the meeting to keep John out of the Hall of Fame, so I think I'm on the wrong, I'm on the wrong page. Perfect. No, no, no. no, no, of course I'm joking. Um, we've been talking about this for a little while, and I, I know some of you guys and some of you don't. I don't know. Yes, I'm on the new cadet board. Um, so one quick plug, go to the cadet alumni page if, and make sure you like it. All right, if you haven't, please do so because a lot of things are gonna be happening over the next couple of weeks. Um, for those of you that don't know me, I also had the honor of running C2 its last year. Um, and it did break my heart to have to shut it down, to be part of that team that had to shut it down. Um, I know some people don't believe that's how I felt, but I swear to you, um, if we can ever bring it back, I know the first guy I'm calling. Um, and that would be Dave Dumont. No, be, <laughs> no, we will call Dave Dumont and when I took over C2, one of the names that always came up was, was John's. And um, when we were going into 2019, uh, one of the people we were gonna call to help recruit and get us to the next level was John. And then we never actually worked together, but all the good things that I've heard about the guy before tonight. Um, and then we had that one chat, one, one evening, John, you, did. I, don't, I don't know how we got connected. But we, we wound up talking for like two hours. And my wife's <laughs> yes, like, how did. long have you known that guy? I said, 
two hours. Um, but his, his energy and his passion for the activity, I want to work with him someplace. And hopefully someday it'll be C2 again. Um, and, and understand that there are people on the current board that agree with me to make sure that C2 is part of still being a cadet. And oh, yeah. The Hall of Fame. Um, for some reason, and I don't know why, uh, C2 members and staff were not included in the Hall of Fame before this year. Um, so I asked George Lee to change that. Um, there's no reason why it should be that way. Um, so they, the bylaws are being amended. Um, and then going forward, make sure you stay in touch because there are board members that, that agree with me that they're down the road. If we can fix things the right way, we can bring back C2. Wow. Uh, I can't say it's 21. I don't even know if there's going to be drum corps in general in 21, um, unless they come up with a vaccine uh, or something. 22, possibly. But I think a community-based drum corps will be needed in this neighborhood. I mean, when I say neighborhood, I'm talking New Jersey, PA, Southern New York over there. Um, so please be engaged in the organization. I know there's some bitterness out there understand it was a business decision and look where YEA is now. Um, it, it's on its own and the cadets are on their own. But the one thing that, that we all made sure is that all the, um, the logos and just the, you know, what's the word, the trademark was all brought over to the New York, new organization. C2, the winter percussion, the color guard, wow. anything that existed was all brought over into ownership of the new cadets arts and entertainment. Inc. And, um, I apologize for carrying on, but the, just the passion of listening to all you guys just makes me want to talk about this. And and John, feel free to call me ever again, you know, whenever, just to talk drum corps and catch up because it was just a fun night chatting drum corps. Yeah, of course. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It's a pleasure. And and again, it's all because of the things I heard about you. I've never had the honor of working with you yet. But I'm sure down the road we will someplace. Um, but the things I've heard, there's no reason why you should not be in the Cadet Hall of Fame. And um, I sent my letter in, and and the, the Hall of Fame committee is now part of my board committee. So whatever I can do, um, I'll make sure that happens. And if it doesn't happen, we'll take care of it. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, don't, I don't see how it could not. I mean, just listening to you guys for the 15 minutes um, and my personal chats with him, uh, John deserves to be in the Cadet Hall of Fame. And um, we will push and nominate and do whatever we have to do. And um, if you hear anything differently, please let me know. Um, look me up on Facebook. I know I'm friends with John on Facebook. Look me up. I'll talk cadets with you or C2 all day, any of you guys. Yeah. All right. Wow. And, yeah. Uh, that's amazing. That's, that's incredible to have uh, that kind of support and, and whatnot. Uh, yeah. What can I say? That's, that's oh, incredible. I've, I've never heard bad about you. <laughs> and you know how this activity is. Oh, yeah. I know. You talk to 10 people, you're going to get nine good reviews and one or two, you know, you know, you know how this is if you've been in it long enough. I'm sure if you guys talk to 10 people, there's going to be two that say something negative about me. And that's okay. Um, I know in my heart and my head, I've done the right things for people. And for right. me, going back to the Raiders and, and, of course. and my, my, my brief stint with C2. Um, but always feel free to reach out to the uh, cadet board and C2 will not be forgotten while I'm around. Okay. Yeah. And, and awesome. David, you're doing a great thing with this podcast also. I said it. Um, I also had to say that. Um, just keep doing it. Just keep, yeah. keep everything well, alive. 
I'll take a, I'll take a, I'll take a uh, page out of John's book. It's, it is Gareth Cyrus and I, and this was like when uh, we came up with this plan about a month ago. I find, I think it's also a testament to John. This wasn't even a second guess. I just went, yeah. Gareth, what if we just put John in the Hall of Fame? And he went, yes. And Cyrus <laughs> went. I met him five minutes. That sounds like a good point. Yeah. Um, and also, and also for those, technically, this is the first, I think, official unofficial that someone from the cadets has mentioned c2 cwp and c uh cadets winter guard in the same conversation so i haven't heard it's a different world it, yeah. it really is everybody's yeah. got to forget about the past honestly i mean we, we've all lived through the past either close up or at a distance please yeah. forget about the past um but just don't forget c2 yeah oh no we will not forget c2 i've we won't let people forget about it. No, got, a, let them forget. got it freaking tattooed um, on my right leg. I ain't forgetting this thing anytime soon. Well, I I, I didn't go that far, but um, <laughs> you know, whatever whatever you need, if there's ever a thought, but engage in the alumni experience. That's what we're calling the committee um, because everyone will be included and we don't know what's going to happen down the road. Yeah. But I don't think drum corps in, in our area here, um, the ones that are still out there are going to be strong enough to survive this pandemic. I really think it's going to hurt a bunch of them and even some of the big guys. Um, so we could be in a position to do something if, if possible. Um, so hey, you got to keep the hope sure. alive. That's yeah. all you could do. That's all yeah. you could do. Eric, those of you know who that Eric Sabach is, um, when, when they shut down C2, Eric said to me over the phone, then we went to lunch a couple, couple weeks later. And he said, we will talk about C2 every January. And he goes, I promise you that. Um, and we did. And then even this January, when the whole breakup was happening, we talked about it again. And when he came on the new cadet board uh, in April and May, he said to me, then he goes, we will talk about C2 again, January of 21. So know that there are people there that still care. Forget some of the things you've heard. Um, know there are people on that board that still care. And people yeah. that knew people on that board said to me, it was a shame what happened with C2. And what yeah. can we do down the road to bring it back? So it's an inside passion of mine to, to try and bring that drum corps back. And yeah. the staff that was there, I mean, you guys know, just, and I, and I didn't mean to turn this into a C2 commercial, John, I apologize. No, it's, no, no. It's, this is, it's John, he is a C2 commercial. Exactly. That's, what, that's what I was getting at. That's like, that's right. why we picked him first, because it's like, for even like in 2017, we talked about John like all the time. Mm -hmm. of like he just he was just a conversation point of like remember when john did blank remember when john did blank mm -hmm. and so like I, I i know me and gareth were swapping stories all summer mm -hmm. and i an anticipate some of the folks at an 18 were doing the same thing as well just because like he's just i that can't staff there was just a phenomenal oh, yeah. phenomenal group of individuals from from dumont to to josie mike tanzos pettis yeah uh, the color guard people uh, corey john bilby wrote to drill um you know, I can name them all. Yeah, which which I will announce here. Uh, I, I am not on any committee with C two, but uh, Gareth and I are currently making a short list. So you will be hearing from us again next year, because Cadets two is not going away anytime soon. And don't, don't you let us know that Cadets two members can get the Hall of Fame. We've got some folks there that were there since like negative day one that got us. I I as an educator, I work in special education. I'm in debt to a ton of these people, so. If you have any, if you have any ideas for like, John is definitely the moment now, but it's, it's um, my conversation with Tom. I've always been like, cadets dude's coming back. Like every time me and Tom reach out, um, 
I like how Tom has let me vent some things about YEA and how C2 has been treated. And like, I feel like as an alumni, you really listened to me. And so I'll, I'll have him there. And I know some stuff in the 18th didn't, and 19 didn't go the way we wanted to, but I'll, I'll back him up with that. Like the future is where we can go. Just real quick. The, the only thing that, that the regret that, that I feel was when it was told to me what was happening, I felt I couldn't fight as much as I wanted to because it was three weeks before the holidays and people were losing their real jobs, you know, and they have rent and mortgages and kids and, you know, groceries to pay. How much could I fight under those circumstances? Yeah. When, when eight people, guys like Kevin Harrison um, and some other close friends were losing their real jobs and yeah. um, we couldn't come up with the 300,000 to run C2. I just wish I would have said, hey, let me run it on the dues. We'll, we'll scale it back. We'll do whatever we got to do. Um, but it's just that I just felt bad that people were losing their jobs right before Christmas and, and Hanukkah, you know, um, and that's what really eats at me. So, so again, John, you deserve this, whatever I could do to be supportive. I know we have never met in person. Hopefully we will soon. Mm -hmm. You will have my full support. Today. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, well, John, Everybody I else. guess, well, uh, this is your call. I guess we'll let you end it. Uh, just, I, I guess, uh, me scared aside. So now I guess we'll do our final words and everyone give like a thumbs up approval, but I love you, man. I cannot think of anybody else that deserves it. I've been trying to think of people from cadets too, that I want to get in the hall to make sure that my core lasts throughout history, because again, we do matter, but like, it's always been you, man. There's, I have a short list and you're on like, every list I ever have for this core. You're, you're literally the first person in Cadets 2 I talk to. I'm haunted by your Catterday shirts with booty shorts. <laughs> haunted by them. <laughs> but like, no, nah, I'm kidding. But like, no, for real, it's just like, I love you, man. Um, I wish you and your family nothing but the best. And so I guess, Garrett for Cyrus, whoever wants to close the words, and then we'll end with John. Yeah, uh, John, thank you so much for coming on the call. And uh, I'm sorry that we surprised you and overwhelmed you, but uh, this is very much our intention. <laughs> much our intention, yes. <laughs> um, and I just know that if, uh, just, just to say it again, I know that dozens, if not hundreds of, of cadets have been uh, inspired by you and guided by you and uh, put on their uh, journeys and pushed in the right direction um, with your help um, as a recruiter, um, a teacher, um, but also just a human being and a friend. Um, so thank you so much for every for everything, John, and uh, um, we hope you get in the Hall of Fame soon so you can be in the Bugler Hall and the Cadets Hall. Two. I, I don't even know how that's that's just wild that that's even a thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess on my end, um, to to the other guests, everyone that hopped onto this call, uh, thank you guys for joining us. Um, I felt this was one of the most heartwarming episodes we've done in the past um, month or so. We started uh, this podcast, and uh, to John Malloy. Uh, we didn't talk a whole, uh, I didn't know you a whole lot compared to some of the others here, but hearing about the amazing things you've done just as an educator and just as a person, this activity, uh, 
I know for me, whenever whenever I march and I feel down or things feel too much, to know there's amazing people and educators like you in this activity, it's generally inspiring. Uh, great talking to you. Thanks for coming on. No, thank thank you. I mean, that's just uh, everybody I can see in, in the picture now, and uh, you know, just all the different like memories that are just uh, spiraling through my head. Um, you know, I, I have to uh, certainly acknowledge. I mean, uh, Chris Hill, I'm pointing down at the screen as if he's, but uh, he's in the lower left corner of my uh, my screen here. But um, Chris, uh, you know, bones. You know, we uh, Chris and I. Um, you know, he, he's a big part of, uh, in my opinion, why why I'm here. He wrote the Chris Ely wrote the drill for me, for for the for my marching band in in 1996. I almost said 2000, 1996, and uh, and it was uh, between Chris and uh, and a few other individuals who got my butt to drum corps to begin with, both physically, uh, emotionally, and just getting me involved. And uh, you know, just sort of. You know, the things that I talk about um, where I've learned just as much or no, I've learned more from the people in front of me than, than they will from me. I mean, that includes all of you. I've learned things from all of you who uh, who I can see here. I've learned things from the I'm sure from the people who are who have attended, uh, you know, who, whose faces I can't see right now. Um, and, uh, you know, by the way, all those Facebook groups, I just have one now. I, I, I had four. And the really the reason why I had four was because. I was just using them all to recruit when I would send messages and Hey, join, 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 join. Eventually Facebook would be like, Nope, we don't want you to do that anymore. So we're going to not have your account active for X amount of days. And I'm like, Oh yeah, well I'm going to start up a new account and I'm going to keep going. That's why you and had so many Facebook pages. Yes, that is, that is legit. That is absolutely the truth. And so eventually there were people that were really mad about that for a long time. They didn't really understand, but now I, I couldn't find which one was you. That was like yeah, five yeah, John exactly. Herbert, John Herbert J. Oh, Malloy. Yeah. Exactly. So I narrowed it down. But uh, besides all that stuff, I mean, really, this has just been a great night. Uh, you know, the, the the Hall of Fame thing uh, is is a huge, uh, just epic surprise because I, I always think to myself, like, man, I'm only 38. I'm, I'm, I'm not supposed to be thinking about these things until I'm like in my 50s or 60s. I, I don't know. I seem like really young for these types of things. But on that aspect, I do kind of have to give myself a little bit of credit because I've been doing it since I was in, in 1998, you know, 22 years ago. Um, but, you know, I guess, uh, look, you know, sometimes I, I have had, a, uh, you know, a thing with just sort of giving myself enough credit. Um, but uh, it's just because I feel that I've been surrounded by so many different people who have kind of guided me in one direction or another um, to just allow me to survive and to make a lot of these things possible or to be a part of these things that, that ended up being just great. And, and look, I came in eighth place with the sunrises in 99, one of the most epic seasons I've ever had, right? Santa Clara Vanguard. I talk about how I taught there. We came in eighth, but I had a blast. It was my first teaching experience ever, you know? Uh, even like the winning a championship first time at the Buccaneers in 2008, I was at the truck afterwards, everybody else was celebrating and I was playing like just tunes on my trumpet by myself, by the, by the equipment trucks, just hanging out and people came over, John, go celebrate. It's your first championship, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, just another day. You know, like I just, this is what I love doing. If I want to play my horn, I don't care if we just won the world championship 10 minutes ago, I'm going to go play my horn. And oh, it, it's, it's just a very, uh, it's been a really, 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 really amazing life and a great experience that I've had. And I'm just super 
grateful for everybody that has allowed me to, uh, I guess, excel to, to these points. And, uh, and look, I guess I'm going to keep going at the present moment. Uh, I'm a brass caption head at the, uh, at the New York Skyliners alumni Corps. Never thought I'd see that happen, but I'm playing bugle more now than I ever did in my life. Um, I got a $300 mouthpiece that I just bought for this thing uh, that I had, you know, made from in Portland that they put my initials on it or whatever and sent it over to me. Um, you know, I, I just feel like uh, I just got to find a way to keep going and, uh, and conversations and talks like this, uh, you know, regardless of anything that having to do with the Hall of Fame or anything like that, these are the types of things that do keep me going. So for that, I owe a huge thank you to, to all of you. Uh, because uh, a person who's not even affiliated with drum corps whatsoever told me about a month ago, said, you know what, John, I think your best playing days are still ahead of you. And I was like, are you kidding me? Really? And he's like, no, I truly believe you still like there's, there's still the best is yet to come. And, uh, and I think everybody needs to hear those kinds of comments uh, in their life. You know, the best, the best of you is it's still out there. It's still yet to come. And uh, those are the things that just sort of keep you going day after day and, give me a reason for waking up in the morning and for taking out the trash, walking the dogs, hanging out, you know, doing what I got to do, working every day in my, my day job. You know, it's like, I work a customer service job for a wine company. Okay. Well, whatever, I, you know, you got to make a living. You got to keep your day job. But uh, you know, it's that I think that I was ever going to be in a position where I am now with all the different things we've been talking about and, and where I'm living and everything. No, I, it, I never imagined that all these things would be happening uh, or, or even winning a one world championship or being a part of any of these organizations. It's just uh, sometimes it's just hard to believe that, that, that this is how this has all happened and it's conversations and, and moments like this where it's like, wow, yeah, it, it, it actually has happened. And uh, I'm not the only one who remembers. And that's really, really amazing. So um, on behalf of Dave, Dave Dumont's cat here, who is clearly bored and yawning, um, uh behind me and on behalf of uh mellow yes uh, who is named after the mellophone section from the cadets 2016 uh and Brittany, who i will end on this she got me the job uh she sent me a message before we were dating but we weren't living together at the time she sent me a message in 2014 uh hey um you might want to check this out there's a recruiting position open at ya i'm like really and then i just sent the message and now here we are. So uh, I would have never known about it at all. So uh, it's a great life. Uh, I'm very, very fortunate. Um, and so much love and respect for, for all of you and everybody out there in the drum corps activity. So thank you. I can't say enough. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll end on a quick one just because we kind of had a longer episode. We want to keep us all about John than rather the actual podcast stuff. Uh, Thomas messaged me. Uh, we're going to post something, uh, a link if you just search Cadets Hall of Fame nomination process. They'll be able to take it to the page. Uh, nominations go from July 8th through July 31st, uh, 2020. Uh, so go make sure to put it in there. Multiple emails are available. So this is, I won't, I'll spare the French, but the conversation amongst Gareth, Cyrus, and the C2 and the No is we're, we're, we're putting John in the Hall of Fame. The board's not going to have a choice. So... You heard it from me, not Tom. From me, spam the ballot box. John, there is no man that deserves it as much as John does. Um, and then you're also hearing it from me and the Drum Corps podcast. And C2, just, I'm, I'm not part of the alumni or anything, but like, I'm going to keep trying to push more people that made, meant a lot to me in the organization and like in the years to come because 
it's safe to say that if Cadets 2 wasn't around, you know, we uh we Cadets and all the other stuff would have had a really rough back half of the decade. So I think it's there's a, it's about time we got a recognition. But I'm no, I'm not a little, a little too bitter. But yeah, I love you guys. Uh, thank you all for coming out. Um, yeah, we all uh, Cadets alumni, please remember to send in your nomination letters to the Cadets Hall of Fame. You only have until July 33rd to send your nominations. Uh, again, I'm going to post the link on the page. It's got an official word from Tom, so I can read that off for him. Uh, we're going to sign off here. So I hope everybody has a box five weekend. And John, I really hope you make it. I love you, man, so much. So love you guys. Thank you so much.